2: Hello and welcome to episode number 182 of the LSR podcast. My name is Matt Brown. Joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry. With me, I have but one, but boy, is that mind bright. It is Adam Candy. If you want to follow him on the Twitter machine, it's Adam Candy. Two E's, no Y on there. If you hate yourself and want to follow me at Matt Brown M 2 Going to talk what might go on with Flutter, which could be super interesting. There's some stuff going on in Nevada that... Boy, are we going to have some fun talking about as well what's going on in Massachusetts. And of course, guys, as always, everything we do, absolutely free. So go ahead, hit that subscribe button. Really do appreciate it. If you're listening on the podcast, pause for just five seconds and hit the five star rating. We do appreciate that as well. But Adam, let's kick things off here with a federal bill.
1: Well, Matt, this is something that I think the entire industry has to take a little bit of responsibility for. When you see that the threat of legislation to curb sports betting advertising has now been dropped in the House of Representatives by Mm -hmm. Representative Paul Tonko, a Democrat from New York, Uh, his bill would ban all sports betting advertising through any medium that the FCC regulates that, of course, covers TV, radio and the Internet. So it would basically be all sports betting advertising would go away. Uh, We talked to. Paul Tonko, this week, Matthew Waters had an interview in which he made clear that he's very serious about this. Uh, He said that he believes that the industry has been operating in a largely unregulated environment. I don't know that I would necessarily agree with that statement, but I'll give you the quote here. I think that ever since sports betting became legalized in a widespread fashion, the industry has been operating in, I think, a Wild West, largely unregulated environment. I think you can clearly see this in the wall-to-wall advertising that you can catch any time You tune into a sporting event or you're scrolling through social media. And if you go back on this podcast, and I like being right, so I did. uh, I went back uh, about a month or so ago and said that if there was one thing that I thought was going to happen in 2023, it was going to be that federal legislation would be discussed. Now, I didn't know what it would be about specifically, but here we are with this discussion of a ban on advertising. Uh, We have a story coming out today at Legal Sports Report. In which Sam McQuillan was on the AGA State of the Industry call, and they discussed wanting to have a conversation with Paul Tonko to talk about uh, educating him, in their words, about the importance of advertising for the gambling industry and the sports betting industry in particular. But the reason I said, Matt, at the beginning, that everyone needs to take a measure of culpability when it comes to this is that we've essentially been yelling for years now, regulate yourself to some degree or else someone's going to do it for you. Now, is this bill necessarily going to pass? I don't think so. Uh, Paul Tonko has introduced a number of gambling and or mental health-related bills in the past that ultimately haven't gone anywhere. But the fact that this is even a discussion at the congressional level shows that the industry has not done an effective enough job of regulating itself when it comes to sports betting advertising. We have praised them on this podcast for not going as hog-wild as they did during the 15 DFS days. And I think that's right. The advertising has had a different tack and it has not been as pervasive as it was during that time. And yet, it is still notable enough that we've been having this discussion for more than a year. Remember when we talked about Conan O'Brien tweeting, Conan O'Brien tweeting that he was uh, wondering because he hadn't seen a sports betting commercial for six seconds if he was dead. So we, here we are in a situation where the federal government might ultimately step in on it, Matt. And even the idea that that is a possibility is something that should get a lot of heads snapping in the sports betting world.
2: Yeah, so I'm going to play devil's advocate on this. And because I got to thinking about this once we really, w- once I read this, this story and once I saw that come out. So unlike the DFS days, there was only DraftKings and FanDuel, and so every ad was DraftKings and FanDuel going head-to-head, and it was basically a you know, one-for-one, how many ads can we throw into every single sporting event? I think it feels like a lot, and it might actually still be a lot. However, it's, it's really not even, in my opinion, comparable to the DFS days because we have DraftKings, we have FanDuel, we have Caesars, we have MGM. If you live in a state like Nevada, you still you have stations that's running ads, you have another local book that's running ads. you probably the same in all the other states out there where there might be even more kind of localized advertising as well to go along with the big national ads. And so if you think about it, even if there's only one commercial every other break and it's not even the same book, it still feels like a lot. But I mean, if you're if you're DraftKings, are you not going to advertise in a game in which all your competitors are same deal with FanDuel or MGM or Caesars or whatever it might be. And so it's kind of one of those deals where, you know, you're, I think it feels like a lot because there's just a lot of books, right? But it's not necessarily like the ads are being flooded by a singular entity or anything like
1: that. I don't even know that you are necessarily playing devil's advocate because I think we're both drawing a contrast from the DFS days, but I also think that Compared to 2015, the methods of delivery for this advertising are more pervasive as well. Uh, This talks about TV, radio and Internet. What about podcasts, right? What about the broadcast channels that you and I have been a part of in which we've been reading ads for various sports books, even when we're not on necessarily sports betting uh, related spaces? So I agree that it's not the same as it was, but at the same time, It also hasn't been right in a lot of steps. Like we've talked about the fact that in Ohio, where some violations were uh, settled today, actually, our Matthew Waters has a story about that Mm. at Legal Sports Report, that there are fines of hundreds of thousands of dollars that are being paid for advertising being direct mailed to people under the age of 21. Essentially what it looks like, and I'm not quoting this directly from the settlement, but it looks like, DraftKings used its DFS list instead of using a sports betting list, and that was allowed to be 18 and over as opposed to 21 and over, and that caused them to pick up a huge fine. Uh, We're going to talk about some things later on the podcast about some violations that I think were also fairly obvious, and they're not necessarily related to advertising, but they are clearly things that should have been self-regulated. The barstool violation in Ohio Mm -hmm. is about having a college football show on a college campus in which a pre-registration offer was discussed. That's the simple stuff right there. And that might not be TV, radio, internet. It might not be necessarily what Representative Tonko is talking about. But in the idea of perception being reality, they're going to go after it in the way that they can go after it. And Mm -hmm. he's going to look at it and say, well, how can I get at this? I can get at this at the federal level through the FCC.
2: Yeah, and and the interesting thing too about this is like, Well, if you feel like there's a lot now or it's too much, I mean, we know now Barstool is going to do traditional media. They're going to do traditional advertising at some point. I'm imagining that fanatics is also going to realize that just, just sending out stuff to their email list probably isn't going to work either. They're probably going to have to do traditional ads, Bet 365 is ramping up and saying that they're going to be a little more aggressive. They're probably going to do ads as well. And, you know, again, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I don't know if there's a right answer for this other than the right answer being like you're saying, don't don't do it in the wrong way. Right. But it's like I, but as far as like t- running them back right, like tempering the stuff in the tooth- toothpaste back in the tube. I don't really know if that's re- necessarily the right answer, because, Adam, at the end of the day, right, one of the things we keep advocating for in all of this is. We actually want people, if they are sports betting, to be betting on one of these legal sites. And if, you know, awareness is still a thing, right? And like making sure that people know of these and and that they're available and, you know, all the various stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what the right answer is here. I don't know if there is a right answer other than doing it correctly, right? Not marketing to the wrong people, et cetera, et cetera. But as far as like the frequency and how often and how many should be allowed and this, that, and the other, like,
1: I don't think banning all of it is the right answer either. Well, some of this discussion, I think, also has to come back to who is allowing the advertising on their airwaves. And I'm not talking about the stations. I'm talking about when you have NFL partnerships, when you have NBA partnerships. I'm talking about all of the integrations that are all through broadcasts, right? When we're in the middle of a broadcast, when we're talking about an NBA broadcast in which before the game starts, you have the personalities like Jalen Rose talking about what their best bet is. That's the kind of thing that's also pervasive. The activations aren't necessarily just about there are X number of ads on the show. So, yeah, maybe I guess I'll go back on myself a little bit. Maybe some of it is targeted at the ESPNs and Foxes of the world in terms of how they try to include these activations, how far they're willing to go with the sports books when it comes to the NFL. And you're talking about, is there an ad every other break? Well, they have a certain amount of partnerships and the NFL is making money off this Now, too. So, I think that's why at the beginning of this, I said it's everyone's responsibility. I don't think you have to look directly at the sports books and say, Hey, get your house in order. There are certain things, like you said, that need to be done properly that you can say to them, Get their house in order. Mm. But when you look at what uh, Tonko said, you can say, Even worse, this is a direct quote, even worse. I think these advertisements are largely predatory in nature with big gambling companies offering risk free or no sweat bets while simultaneously offering hundreds of thousands of dollars. In free bets, I think the tactics have one clear purpose, and that's to hook and retain a new generation of customers. Some of that is true. Some of that absolutely is true. Of course, they're trying to hook and retain new customers like any business in the world. But he gets to a good point, and I think we've seen the sea change coming in the industry with the Ohio regulations. That some of the nature of how this advertising is put out there, in terms of free, in terms of ease, in terms of yeah. simplicity, right? This needs to be talked about in a different way. And I'll be very honest; it's something that I, at Legal Sports Report, with a lot of the content that we do, I'm extremely vigilant when it comes to how we refer to these things because there are some of them that I think it's very easy when you're talking about uh, when you're talking about a business, you can talk about it in a manner that you talk about other businesses that gaming and gambling is not necessarily the forum for.
2: Yeah. I, I honestly think we're probably going to end up morphing towards more of just like back, you know, via uh, even the online poker days back in the day, just, just basic deposit bonuses. Like you're saying, not necessarily where you get these, these risk-free bets and things like that, where it feels like people are coming in and, and there's, there's you know nothing at risk whatsoever. Like, no, it's like deposit this, you know then we'll match it as as you like over time and all the different stuff like that and like you don't get this like instant gratification either because you kind of have to grind away to get that bonus and all the stuff so i i think that's where we might evolve to you know in in all of this because i do i do agree with you know even some of these sentiments and in, in, in you like you know some of the language some of the things like that and and we have actually seen i saw being down there right and uh when i say down there i just just got back from being down in phoenix and um the the language had changed so it was it, the there has, has been that where you know where we saw in Ohio where they're like hey we don't like this language and the rest of the state well at least the major players have taken notice of that and and their wording definitely has changed it's no longer free bed it's no longer risk free like none of that stuff like that so they did at least start to do that so some self policing even after a little slap on the wrist and stuff from from another state so we'll we'll see how it all see how it all plays out but it's certainly a super interesting deal and you know this always brings me back to the stuff where I used to I've, I've been making this argument for 20 years. Right. And in, uh, through all this, but it's kind of like what we're OK with and then what we're not OK with. And it's just like because something has just become normal and then we're OK. With, like, you know, there's a beer ad every single commercial break, too. Right. And I mean, like there's a there's a liquor ad every single whatever. It's so uh, we're fine with that. And it's just because it's been happening for, you know, several decades. And this is like the new shiny toy that we're kind of like, I ah, know. So it's again, to me, it's, but, but it's, it's something you- that I think it is certainly needs to be refined certainly we need to make sure that there is no predatory stuff being going on and certainly that is targeted towards the right humans on this planet but that you know i think banning it doesn't really do all that much good in my opinion
1: In my yeah, opinion. To, to your i mean to your point matt uh, you think about think about the length of time that the alcohol industry has been regulated and the arc of what it has looked like in the United States, right? Like we are nowhere near getting to prohibition Mm -hmm. when it comes to sports betting advertising. We've only been doing it for five years, Right. right? We've been doing this for five years. We're still kind of figuring out the right way for it to look, But we have lessons that we can learn from other places like the UK, like in Europe that have done this before. And we've seen what the mistakes have been. And you can learn from those mistakes. You don't have to go through the same ups and downs that have happened. And yes, to your point, there is beer advertising all over the place. But my God, alcohol is an industry that is regulated in a much different way than at least sports betting advertising is. I do think people don't understand just how heavily the gaming industry itself is regulated.
2: So this is a company that you and I have talked about several different times on this podcast because mainly if you don't know what Flutter is, it could be confusing because of course it's called Flutter. And so if you don't know what they own and who what kind of entity they are, you really don't really know a lot about all this company. So they are not currently on the US stock market. They are overseas, but not here. So whereas you can go get MGM stock or Caesar stock or DraftKings stock, et cetera, et cetera, Penn stock, whatever it might be, you could not get stock in FanDuel here in the United States. Now, again, available overseas, FanDuel, of course, widely the number one market leader in the majority of states out there, Adam. So this is at least some news that I'm sure a lot of people are kind of perking up about
1: kind of reminds me of when I was a kid and I was going to church on the big holidays and they would say like, so-and-so begat so-and-so who begat so-and-so who begat so-and-so. And And they take you like through the whole genealogy. So here we're sitting and I'm like, Hey, remember Patty Power? Hey, remember Betfair? You remember Patty Power Betfair? right okay that's all flutter right like here we are it's all it's all flutter now that's no longer Uh, it's it's just yeah
2: yeah. it's flutter
1: (laughs) don't worry about it just you you just gotta know flutter and if you know flutter you know fanduel if you know fanduel (laughs) well you don't know FoxBet. but that's just you know a separate situation uh no here we are now with flutter putting out uh an announcement that it's going to talk with its shareholders about whether to do a larger flutter listing in the u.s now Going back two years, we've been having the discussion of, will there be a FanDuel IPO? Would Flutter spin out a small amount of FanDuel for a public listing? And that, of course, came during a time when it was a much more favorable market environment to talk about trying to go into the stock market. 2022 was not a great time for anyone to be in the stock market. Mm -hmm. And uh, Flutter sat that out. It was also going through its CEO transition from Matt King to Amy Howe. Uh, during that time. So now what we're seeing is they're going to talk to their shareholders and see how do they want to go about this? And naturally, listing in the U.S. As would give Flutter access to a lot deeper capital markets. They list that as one of five reasons uh, in Matthew Water's story about this as to why they would choose to do this listing. And another one that Matthew pointed out is the trading volume that would be <laughs> available to them. Uh, I want to make sure I read this stat correctly because I found it to be just a remarkable stat in terms of the volume that Flutter does in any one given day in London versus what happens uh, with DraftKings. Flutter stock currently does not see the volume on its London listing that it could in the U.S. The company's average volume, according to Yahoo Finance, is six hundred thirty-two thousand trades daily. That compares to the average daily volume of DraftKings which sits at nearly 12.8 million. So, yeah, uh, a little different.
2: A little different with all that one. Certainly something we're going to follow pretty heavily because I would imagine, um, you know, that what, should they come over to the states, there'll probably be some decent interest, I would imagine, in in Flutter over here. So we will keep you guys abreast of all of that. Let's head to Massachusetts, Adam. And Massachusetts, of course, another state that we have, talked about a lot here over the last couple of months here on the pod so what are we looking at from the old
1: college wagering standpoint all right matt quiz time this isn't even geography matt this is just Mm -hmm. college matt are you ready to be college matt for a minute here let's do it okay we're going to start with the easiest and work our way to the hardest lsu is not in massachusetts okay okay so good you're you're off to a great no you're off to a great start you're one for one uh is Boston College in the state of Massachusetts? It is. Oh, look at you. Two for two off to a flying start. Is Harvard University in Massachusetts? It is.
0: Ready? Oh, can I do another man.
1: One? You, you got one more. UMass. UMass, you you're right. It mass. is in Massachusetts. Yes. You nailed it. Uh, I'm <laughs> going to go one deeper. Is, is Merrimack in Massachusetts? How about Tufts? university Tufts Tufts is in fact my cousin went to Tufts uh there you go yes. look at that uh, Merrimack as well um so all three of the in-person sports books that opened just a couple of weeks ago in Massachusetts they've all been uh either well let's say noticed of violations or self-reported mm-hmm. violations for allowing in-state wagers uh, in-state college wagers on those schools that I just mentioned, the Boston college women's team, Harvard men's team and Merrimack men's team. Uh, each casino of the three allowed wagers on at least one of those and self reported the violations to the state to, and they blamed it largely on their vendors. Uh, right. can be apparently had Merrimack listed as a Florida school, uh, and not <laughs> a Massachusetts school. Um, look if the let's let's just talk real talk here for a second if merrimack slips whatever maybe somebody there didn't realize that merrimack out of the northeast conference was a massachusetts school all right fine whatever you should have known but you didn't bc and harvard bc and harvard come on yes
2: yes yeah i'm with you
1: massachusetts I'm with Step you. Step it up. I'm with I, and, I, it's not just the New York and me. It's not just the New York and me saying, get it together, Massachusetts. I mean, it's a little bit, but, but it's really not th- that primarily. I, I
2: look at this and listen, we've said this a thousand times on here, so we don't have to go into it. We think the rule is ridiculous. I mean, it's like, I mean, you can wager on everything except colleges in, in states. like, we think it's absolutely ridiculous, but whatever, rules are rules are rules are rules. And so, you know, they all have to be followed no matter what we actually think about them correct yeah it's just it's one of those things and by the way legislators out there i know some of you listen this is the dumbest this this is the dumbest of the dumb rules like like the prevention of the in-state cause it's just it's the dumbest of the dumb
1: rules we we know what you think you're doing yes we know what you think is happening that you're protecting the vulnerable college students in state but especially let's talk about the Northeast. Like, you want to talk about Massachusetts? Let's talk about Massachusetts. Oh no, I can't bet on Harvard and Boston. I guess I'll drive over the border to Rhode Island or Connecticut yeah. or New Hampshire and I'll bet on them there. Like, it's or just it's keep
2: going with my bookie or my, yeah. or, or, mm-hmm. my or, offshore, or my right? offshore, you know, like, yeah, like whatever. So there's also that. So again, it's, it's just the dumbest of the dumb ones. So get rid of that one. Just whatever. we can deal with some of the other stuff. Get rid of that one. That was the dumbest of the dumb. So here's my favorite story of the day. Um, oh, just I saved I, it for last for you. I actually had to, um, I actually did right before we came on, just make sure that it is still the case. And as we are sitting here recording this on a Wednesday at 1243 local time, it is in fact still the case, Adam. So uh, it is, it is in fact still the case. Um, cannot in fact log on to William Hill.
1: Or Caesars in Nevada, <laughs> considering they are one and the same in the state of Nevada. Um, I first got a text from one of my friends at about three o'clock, so about a half hour before the Super Bowl broadcast was starting up, with just a screenshot of the William Hill app being down. I thought, ooh, that seems like unfortunate timing, but it would not be the first time that I've had you know someone tell me mm-hmm. about William Hill issues at a big time, right? Like basically every NFL Sunday at about 9 45 AM, you can bet that there's going to be a minute or two of downtime uh, yes. with that app, but usually it comes right back and you know, no big deal. Uh did not come back during the Super Bowl or Monday or Tuesday mm-hmm. or Wednesday. Uh, these apps, both the William Hill app and the Caesars Nevada app. And we need to be very clear. The Caesars Nevada app is a different app than the rest of the Caesars app throughout the United States. Um, we confirmed because it was the one question I had to have an answer to uh, Were these apps still on the old technology, even though we had heard that everything was moving right. over to the Liberty platform in 2022? Turns out they didn't. It's all still on the old tech and it crashed during the Super Bowl. And Matt, as you know well, there are limited live betting options in the state of Nevada yes. in the first place, and William Hill is one of the only semi-reliable ones that there is from the jump. So there is no timetable for these apps to restart. Uh, they apparently have retail back up at all of the William Hill powered outlets throughout Nevada. All those those were also down uh, during the Super Bowl. So it's basically a giant shrug emoji right now as to what's going to happen moving forward. With these apps we don't know if they're currently migrating them to the new tech we don't know if they're just trying to get the old tech working again we don't know if you bet on the super bowl in the two weeks leading up to it if you're going to get paid out anytime soon are you sitting on a chief's future well you might be sitting for a while
2: it's super super interesting it is super and and i think the one thing for us to point out as well is they are by far the market leader as far as handle in the state as well. So it's like, it's one of those other deals where you look and you go, Oh, it's uh, it's not just that William Hill went down. It's that it's like by far the market leader. I think the last time, I think the last thing I got from Eilers said they estimate them to have like 44% of the handle in the state or something ridiculous like that, which is just, uh, you know, unbelievable for a state like Nevada. And so uh, for them to be down this long, Still, as we sit here at 1245 Pacific on a Wednesday, cannot log into your account, which means also can't get your money out, can't do it, all these different things like that. It's a fairly interesting situation, Adam. And this just really goes to us as well, harping about this for a couple of years now on this, that the technology is so old and bad in Nevada. It is like light years behind the rest of the country if you are listening to this rest of country you really and truly don't know how well you have it i know you have complaints about this that and the other but you really and truly don't know how well you have it because the technology that we have here is absolutely stone age i mean it is stone age you would laugh if you opened some of these apps here so uh the fact that this is happening it's funny you, you know we're even getting we're even getting some shots fired, some friendly fire going on here in the state. Got a stations promo that said the most reliable app in Nevada. It said, um, which, by the
1: way, oh my God, I don't know if that's the case, Adam. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know Adam. if that's the case. But when you're getting dragged by Stephen Money, something has gone wrong in your life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is it is hilarious with with all of that. But how did uh, how did Nevada end up despite the the app problems that that were here? How did it end up from Super Bowl handle
1: standpoint? Well, I'm maybe not despite uh, Nevada handle was down 14% from last year's Super Bowl. Not a number that is outside of the margin of error. Mm-hmm. I think it's not a number that I think will send anybody screaming into the streets saying, you know, what we've been hearing for five years, Nevada's dead or Nevada's going to be dead. But it's notable because to the it numbers is. that you mentioned, the, the last estimate we had from Caesar CEO Tom Reek. He said on a 2021 earnings call that uh, they had 50% of the market. And Mm -hmm. so that is obviously massive when it comes to the state of Nevada where there is no FanDuel, there is no DraftKings and the BetMGM and Caesars technology is light years behind what they have everywhere else. Oh, by the way, the bookmakers don't mind it at all. They Mm -hmm. are very happy with the status quo of where things are with that, which is part of the reason we don't get it fixed, quiet as it's kept. But in the end, I think there are multiple factors at play here, and I want to kind of set you up to talk a little bit about this, Matt, because we saw a tweet from Jimmy Vicaro over at the South Point who referenced the fact that Chris Andrews, who's the sports book director, had said to him that he thought Arizona being live and having the Super Bowl, of course, was going to affect Nevada handle. And with both the Waste Management uh, Open going on in Scottsdale and the Super Bowl, of course, going on in Glendale, and you were there, for both of them, it does appear that there was some effect.
2: Yeah, I think that everything you've said, all is the reason for the decline. Because again, when you have that much of a market share in Nevada, and as you mentioned, the the live options, which we heard several books come out and say like they expected 20% of the, of the handle for the Super Bowl to be live bet and whatever. And so when you have one of the few apps that actually does have kind of live-ish betting and works at least semi well within the state and it's not live and you can't do any of that that's got to affect handle for the state for sure and i i certainly do believe listen the other thing about this and you know living over in in henderson whereas i'm way up in summerland like it is if you want to and if you're a serious sports better it is not that bad of a drive to the arizona border if you need to go make some bets specifically when there's so many more markets available there so many different ways to get it um, I think it, all of that together certainly had something to do with this. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that this is a S a step towards, like you mentioned the, the fall of Nevada or anything like that, or Vegas or whatever it might be. But I think it is something that hopefully resonates at least just a little bit with some of these guys that like, Hey, look, you are not the only game in town anymore. There are going to be a lot of people coming to town next year which by the way the super bowl is in las vegas next year there's going to be a lot of people coming to town who are accustomed to being able to bet very easily in the other you know on these very highly technical apps and and have these menus that are so robust and all of that that you don't have here in nevada and so you know i would like to think that maybe there's a lesson to be learned here but here's the here's the fact of the matter adam i don't think that there is you mentioned it they don't really care we were supposed to have well, we were supposed to have the new MGM app here by December, wasn't it or something or January they thought or whatever it was. We still are on the old MGM app. There's still that going on. So it is, um, it is a lot of interesting stuff. I will say while I was down there, I did have a couple of people come up uh, within the industry and and say that, that they enjoyed this here, very podcast. So thanks to all of those people that did do that, that said, basically, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on each and every week. It's hard to keep up with it coming in and getting a, you know, 20 25 30 minute recap of everything throughout the course of the week is a big help on making sure that they stay abreast of everything that's happening in the industry so you and your team and everybody that can help make this podcast easy for us to do certainly deserve deserve a pat on the back for that
1: well thank you and thank you to those people who came out and uh, and reached out to you down there and 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 let me just dig into your experience a little bit more Mm -hmm. there matt because you were on radio row you were at the waste management. Uh, what did you see with the the sports betting presence? Uh, what what was the what was the sort of feel of all of that?
2: So DraftKings and FanDuel massive booths, like massive presence, like you know, as big as as you could as you could find. Not anything from the smaller guys, as you would imagine. Um, you there was a Caesar's presence. It was not prominent, and it was much smaller, kind of like over in a not very highly trafficked area that said I mean you had you, you had DraftKings and FanDuel taking full advantage of everything right I mean they brought out all the big guns for both of them they're uh, DraftKings doing programming you know with Mike Golick and all you know Mike Golick Jr. and having all those guys come out Pat McAfee did his show from the FanDuel thing you know so the Pat McAfee show so it was they brought out the big guns and honestly they were the ones that had the biggest crowd around you know crowd around now fans weren't a, allowed in but it was like you know still even just media presence was was around those two really those two stages when it came to the sports betting side of things i saw nothing from points bet i didn't see anything from mgm either um that was set up at least on radio row now of course those Points bet doesn't really have a dedicated you know, production arm or any kind of anything like that. Kind of the same thing for, for MGM. That's where Caesars does do at least a little bit of their own, own programming and stuff. So uh, it was interesting. I can only imagine, though, here in Vegas next year, even though none of them are here, right? I mean, especially the... I mean, I guess MGM and Caesars are here technically with the, with the old versions of everything or something. But I imagine we see a much, much bigger and even more prominent presence for all of the sports betting stuff. Because again, here... It's not. It's not even new, right? Like it's old hat. Like everybody is used to gambling stuff being around. I can only imagine that we have everybody kind of set up and and doing something down there.
1: No, without question, and then to add to what you said, uh, FanDuel has the retail presence downtown, but obviously the app's not there. And I think we're going to yeah. hear a lot uh, coming into next year uh, with the Super Bowl as to why some of these companies are not in the state of Nevada. And what you talked about the ease that people are going to expect when they arrive for the Super Bowl. Just think back to the NFL draft this past year and how many people were showing up on draft day and were unable to bet on the draft because of the Mm -hmm. arcane rule in Nevada that all betting ends 24 hours before the NFL and NBA draft. So there's just a lot that hopefully will be looked at. I don't know that it'll make any sort of uh, major difference, but I do think there's going to be a larger spotlight shined on it all.
2: Nevada regulators if you are listening to this, Adam Candy is available to come down and talk to you. He will talk to you. He will not be condescending and he will not say he will not tell you anything that only benefits him. He just will tell you how it works the rest of the country and why some of the laws in Nevada don't really make sense as we move forward. I'm volunteering you Adam. I'm telling you that this is something that the world needs you to do, so just send the guy send the guy an email. Get in his DMs, whatever it is. He'll come down. He'll talk to everyone, and we can at least start to maybe move in the right direction in what is supposed to be the sports betting capital of the world. Which, let me tell you, I mean, being in Phoenix was pretty awesome. But <laughs> like, like being in Phoenix was pretty awesome for the waste management and for the Super Bowl and being able to live bet that stuff and all. The, Adam, there's live top twenty markets in the golf stuff. Like, you're you can live bet as the tournament is happening top 20 markets on several app, on multiple apps down there. I was live betting the MVP of the Super Bowl, live betting the MVP of the Super Bowl as the markets is shift, are shifting as the game is progressing. It was, it's just so, 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 so awesome.
1: We sound like pioneers who went farther west. And you're like, I know. there's gold in them hills. It's true.
2: It's true. <laughs> and there is, it felt like it. It felt like I struck gold. Really. Yeah, right. <laughs> And truly did. Guys, everything we do here, absolutely free. So again, please subscribe, rate, review. That's the only thing we ask of you. Hit the little pause button, go down, hit the subscribe. If you could give us a rating, even a review, even better, because that'll help us climb the charts. And of course, if you're watching us over on the YouTube. Subscribe button down below. Of course, we will be doing a lot more stuff here on the YouTube. Adam and company, everything we talk about over on legalsportsreport.com. So sure is nice of you to head over there and read the words of all the guys that are putting in the time to get these stories out. If you want to follow Adam on the Twitter machine at Adam Candy, that is two E's, no Y. For Adam, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.
0: There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home.